You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Let's keep talking some NFL with our friend, former NFL quarterback, NFL analyst, Steve Berline, joins me on the show. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Bill. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I was just we were just talking about a bunch of topics, so let's maybe we'll start with the last one we were we were hitting, and that is the Ravens' decision at the end of that game with about four minutes left, tied at twenty twenty on on the two yard line, fourth and two, fourth from the two yard line, to not take the points, to not kick the field goal, and obviously we saw Lamar Jackson throw that pick, and it was a huge play in that game. Can you fault? John Harbaugh, in your mind's eye, for for the play call there, and really for the decision not to just take the three points. You know, I, I love John Harbaugh. I, I, he's probably my favorite coach in the NFL. I've, I've always just really felt like he'd be a great guy to play for, and I've got to know him over the years through the, the broadcasting and done a lot of Ravens games, and, and uh, I think he's fantastic, and I love his mentality, his attitude, and general players. Love playing for him uh, because of that mentality. But he has a responsibility, though, too, as well. And there's an accountability that has to be taken uh, for when you make a bad decision. And I, I really believe that situation yesterday, that was the wrong decision. It was much, much different than uh, an example that a lot of people are bringing up. You know, the Brian Dable going for the win uh, in week one with the Giants instead of going for the tie with the extra point. You look at the situation, what you had with, with the Baltimore Ravens, the game is tied. So you're not, you're not in a position where you're trying to make a decision of going for a tie or going for a win. The game is already tied. And so now the question is, what's going to give you the best chance to win in that situation? And, uh, you know, even though you've got, you're dealing with Josh Allen, the possibility of them going down and scoring a touchdown is very real. You've got to make what's the right decision for your team at that time, and that would have been to take the field goal, without a doubt. Because if you don't make the field goal, obviously you lose to a field goal. And uh, that's exactly what happened to them. And, and uh, you know, you can't compare, that again, that with what happened with Brian Dable or any other situation. The Ravens are a team that's got legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. The New York Giants, in their first game with their head coach, we're not a Super Bowl contender. They're still not a Super Bowl contender. They're trying to build a culture and build a winning situation. That's a totally different environment and a totally different uh, overall situation. You can talk about analytics. You can talk about all the different stuff you want. So the right decision yesterday would have been to kick the field goal and put the pressure back on the Buffalo Bills and see if your defense can make another stop. That's what it, that, that was a, a bad decision, in my opinion. Steve Berline here on the show. Steve, let's get into that that final play for, for, for the Ravens offensively. Once you're in that spot and you're Lamar Jackson and you've rolled out to where he has and you're a little ways away from the end zone, what is the – because it's easy for me to say, and all these other pundits, maybe accurately to say, just throw the ball away, man. It's not there. Just pin Buffalo back. What is the degree of difficulty, though, when you're a quarterback and you're in that spot and you're trying to score – to have the wherewithal in a split second to just throw the ball away? Well, it's very difficult, and, and that's a lot of times where the line is drawn. You know, the, the guys that don't learn that lesson uh, don't play very long in the NFL. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson has proven himself over the course of his short career to this point uh, being a guy that you can usually count on in, in those situations. And I don't fault him 
for that situation. You, you look at if you look at that whole play, if you were to look at it from the the all twenty two view, where you can see the whole play develop, he obviously missed Duvernay wide open in the end zone when the play kind of broke down, and Duvernay was wide open for for a long time in the NFL by NFL standards. He was open for several seconds, and then Lamar just kind of flashed it in his eye. I think he was planning on just giving ground and, and hanging it back there and hoping someone came open. And then he probably was going to throw it out of the end zone. But he saw Duvernay, and he just felt like a lot of these quarterbacks do and like I probably did in my prime. You feel like you can get the ball there before the defender is going to get there. And he thought he was, he thought he was making a throw to win the ball game. And uh, it turns out, obviously, he liked to have it back. Uh, you know, it's a different situation for Buffalo if, you, if you're starting at the – the two yard line as opposed to start at the 20 yard line. Um, but you know, hindsight is 2020 in that situation. Uh, he's just trying to make a play. The coach made the decision to run the play. I'm sure they didn't talk about, Hey, if it's not there, throw it away. We'll pin him back at the two yard line. Uh, it just worked out the way that it did. And we can sit here and, and, and analyze the whole thing back and forth. But I, I think Lamar really just felt he could make that throw. And I bet you looking at the film, he's going to wish he would have seen it about two seconds earlier because it would have been a very easy throw for him. Steve Berline here on the show. Steve, curious your view, glass half full or, or, or glass half empty, or maybe somewhere in between of, of the Green Bay Packers. On the one hand, after that opener loss in Minnesota, the Vikings, they've won three in a row. Um, they're 3-1. and one. You are what your record says you are, as Bill Parcells said. On the other hand, there are some concerns about the offense. They took overtime to beat the third-string quarterback for the New England Patriots. Aaron Rodgers, as, as he tends to do, a little frustrated after the game with the way the offense performed. There's a lot of ways. There's a long ways to go. But for you, based on what you've seen, what do you think the Green Bay Packers are this season? Well, I, I think they're going to get better, as Aaron Rodgers said. Uh, you know, he, he took accountability for, for what happened yesterday, which – I think from from my perspective, seeing him take that attitude is a, is a big positive step. Normally, you know, when he's frustrated, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't take it on his own shoulders very often because most of the time he's played pretty well and, and he didn't make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, he, he's just not that kind of a personality. But I think the fact that he came out yesterday and said, I have to play better, you know, we're three and one, yes, we, we – you know this this kind of winning is not sustainable, but they are three and one, and we all know it's extremely hard to win a game in the NFL. Period. Doesn't matter who you're playing on the other side. There's a lot of great players over there. Whether it's a third team quarterback, whether you're putting Saquon Barkley in the wildcat formation to finish out a game, whatever it might be, there's going to be difficult situations that come out throughout most every NFL game that are going to determine who wins that ball game. Most of the time it does come down to just a few key plays and there's always going to be a chance for the other team to win most of the time. So, um, you know, a win is a win three and one after the first quarter of the season or almost the first quarter of the season. Now with the 17 game schedule, uh, most teams would, would, would give whatever they, whatever they had to do to get themselves into that situation to be three and one. So they've got to feel good about that, knowing that they've got a lot of really good young players, that are learning how to play at this level right now, and they're hopefully going to get better as the season goes along and, and as they get more and more on the same page with, with their, their great quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I think it's, it's a great situation for them sitting at 3-1 and one at this point, but they, they definitely have to get a lot better. There's no doubt about that. 
Steve, the Kansas City Chiefs put up 41 points last night on, on Sunday Night Football against a pretty good Bucks defense. Mahomes looked really impressive. Obviously, there's no Tyree Kill. Didn't matter last night. Is that win for you, does it say anything about the Chiefs and this upcoming season and what you think, where, where Kansas City you think belongs in the pecking order in the, in the National Football League? Well, I, I think you, when you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, uh, you've obviously got a chance no matter who you're playing. It, it's the same as, as with Aaron Rodgers we were just talking about. But with Mahomes, he's so unique in his ability to make those spectacular plays at the key moments in the ball game. His, his stats yesterday were not – it was not a huge game for him, only 249 yards passing. Um, you know, he did have three touchdowns and one bad interception. Uh, but I think the, the big key in that ball game last night was the ball control. They, they ran the ball between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Pacheco. They ran the ball for, you know, 200 and uh, – well, actually, I think it was about 189 yards rushing against a really good run defense in Tampa Bay. Uh, they had the time of possession uh, big time in their favor as well. Um, you know, I, I really think that those, those things, that, that was how they had to beat – the tennis or the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the ball for over 38 minutes. Um, they wanted to keep the ball away from Tom Brady. They got up early on him. Um, I was really impressed with how how patient Mahomes was throughout the course of that game. And then, of course, the spectacular hook shot pass, whatever you want to call it. I I don't know how you how you um, you describe a play like that. You got to see it to really understand it and believe it. And it was just uh, uh, one of those plays that. I think Patrick Mahomes is probably the only guy in the NFL that can do that kind of stuff on a regular basis. So you tip your hat, you say, "Hey, great job, man!" And uh, you know, let's see if we can ride that wave as long as we can. He's a he's a one of a kind type of guy, and, and it showed up again last night. You're right that that run game was excellent. That Pacheco kid, who I think was a seventh round pick, was really, really good. Uh, talking to Steve Berline here on the show. Steve, last one for you. Uh, really good Monday night football game. Niners against the Rams. The Niners have been re- are obviously an interesting team, and the Jimmy G story is fascinating. The Rams are the defending champions. Feels like they've been under the radar a, a little bit, maybe because of that opening, that opener where they they lost the Bills to start the season. What do you expect tonight? Who do you like tonight? You know, it, I think it's going to be a great game. You got two teams that are obviously very familiar with each other. Um, they play each other twice a year, and it goes back a long, long ways. But uh, both teams have great defenses, and um, you know they've got quarterbacks that I think are the big question. And I hate, as a former quarterback, I hate to put all the all the attention on the quarterback play. But truly, I think tonight it is going to come down to which one of these two guys, Matthew Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo, is going to make the big play opportunities when they're there. You're going to have to make a few big boy throws against a really good defense, no matter what color you're wearing tonight. And I think the quarterback that, that makes some more, more of those plays or the ones that present themselves, I guess, is probably the better way to put it. That team is going to win because you're, going to, you're not going to be able to sit there and line up and just pound the ball and run the football against either one of these defenses. Both teams want to be able to do that and then come with play action off of it. But uh, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to that. You're not going to be able to line up and just ha- have that kind of an offensive performance. It's going to come down to making those plays in the passing game, those explosive plays that are there that are going to make the difference in this game. So Matt Stafford against Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll see who comes out on top. Steve Berline, my friend, as always, uh, love the insight. Appreciate the time. Thanks for, thanks for talking some, some NFL with us on a Monday morning. 
You got it, Bill. Take care, buddy. Appreciate you, buddy. You too. Steve Berline here on the show on this very special Diesel birthday. And it's a birthday edition. Tom, I said to Tom this morning, really last night, hey, buddy, I want to do buy or sell. I want to put it together. I want to, I want to produce it as your birthday present. And he said, no, it's the favorite thing I do every day. So our present to Diesel, him getting to do buy or sell, is next here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Happy birthday, Diesel. Let's get into a birthday edition of Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, tons and tons to get to today, Bill. Let's get right to it. Mitch Trubisky made his fourth start of the season yesterday for the Steelers, yet down 10-6 to at halftime. Head coach Mike Tomlin made the decision to go to rookie Kenny Pickett. Now Pickett became the first rookie to rush for two touchdowns in his first game, but Bill, he also threw two interceptions. The Jets went on to win the game 24-20. to Buy or sell the Pittsburgh Steelers now need to stick with Kenny Pickett for the rest of the season. Oh, I feel so bad for Trubisky. I mean, I'll buy. I mean, you went with the guy. No, I guess there's a caveat here. Tomlin, after the game, tried to make the case that it was just a spark move. Because remember, he defended Trubisky aggressively leading into the game as a starting quarterback. So if you don't want to put... It's not about Trubisky anymore. If you think it's not best for Pickett, then you just you sit him and you say it was a spark move. But then I think you have to let Trubisky play for three or four games... Regardless of what happens, Diesel, the, the 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 likely best outcome is to let the young dude play. But you gotta be careful; you don't ruin him. It, it, it happens. We've seen it. I've already got Kenny Pickett as a. I mean, it's just his name, but Pickett, right? It just it it kind of with those interceptions. Little worry the dude's gonna become one of those cautionary tales at starting too soon. Because the last Not, thing you want is going back and forth, right? Trubisky to pick it, pick it back to Trubisky. You can't keep doing that. No, I I think you pl- I think you, you you play pick it now. But if you don't, if you're gonna continue with the farce, it was just a let's spark the team move, and it did spark the team. Then I think you've got to ride with Trubisky for a few games and make sure Pickett is ready to be the starter. Because remember, the more you put that dude on tape, the more teams prepare for him, the harder that's going to become for that player to be successful. All right, the Raiders finally got one. They got their first cool. win of the season yesterday, beating those Broncos 32-23. to Now, speaking of the Broncos, Russell Wilson threw for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. He was Denver's leading rusher, too, with just 29 yards on the ground. Denver is averaging 16.5 points thus far through the season per game. Buy or sell yesterday's game said more about the Broncos than it did the Raiders. Bye. The Broncos are bad. Bye. They're bad. I mean, there there is a the Raiders easily with a couple things bounced in different directions could have could have had a win already and could have been in a position to salvage their season and and they're probably a better football team than their record suggests. But I thought that Denver was going to be the third best team in that division, Cell, and they looked they did not look very good in that game. All right, tons to get to in college football. The Wisconsin Badgers were ranked 18th in the preseason AP poll. However, after their third, yes, third loss of the season on Saturday, a 34-10 drubbing by their former head coach Brett Bielema and Illinois, Wisconsin fired head coach Paul Chris yesterday. Now, Chris won 72% of his games during his tenure in seven-plus seasons at Wisconsin. 
buy or sell that Wisconsin needed to fire Paul Christ? I'm going to sell. I think sell. I understand that losing to Illinois in the Big Ten is considered a fireable offense many, many times. And no disrespect to the people listening in Wisconsin, because I'm from Dubuque, Iowa, which is right on the border, and this applies to Iowa State and some other program. It applies to Iowa. You have to know what you are. And coaches are not going to be beating a door, beating a trail to the door of Wisconsin or, or the programs I mentioned. I think that's a guy who'd earn a little more latitude, because that's not a, that can be a good program. It's been a very successful program. It's a proud program. But I don't think it's a guarantee, like it is with some other programs, Diesel, that you can go hire the right guy automatically. All right. Now, speaking of bad losses, number 18, Oklahoma, was absolutely blown out by TCU this weekend, 55-24. to New Sooners head coach Brent Venables is a defensive-minded head coach, having spent a decade as D.C. at Clemson. Yet in their only two Big 12 conference games thus far, the Sooners are surrendering 48 points on average. Buy or sell, you still have confidence in Brent Venables as a head coach. I mean, sell. I didn't have confidence when they hired him. Sell. I, I thought it was the wrong fit based on his background. Let me ask you this, Andrew Bogish. Hey, Bogie. Oh, hey. I got to go quick here. Buy or sell that Oklahoma could go the way of Nebraska or Texas? Sell. Sell. Although I will say this, that those are two different examples. 100%. Could, it's could a range. Have, could they have Texas issues? Yes. Would they be Nebraska? Can't imagine. All right, let's stay in college football here. Alabama leapfrogged Georgia this week in the poll as the number one team in the country. Now, Bama took care of business against Arkansas, beating the Razorbacks 49-26, to although that was a closer game at points. Despite losing quarterback Bryce Young to a, a shoulder injury for most of the game, now it isn't believed to be a serious injury. He should be back. Georgia, on the other hand, didn't have a lead against Missouri Ugh. until four minutes to go in the game holding on for a 26-22 win. Buy or sell, you feel Alabama is the best team in the country right now. Yeah, buy. I watch Missouri football games. They're a terrible team. They should have beat Georgia. Hence, Georgia, not as solid as we thought they were. Also, Mizzou, thank you so much for being the most Mizzou of all time. They really, that was such a tease. I was on upset alert of this game from like the second quarter. I thought Missouri was going to win this game. I knew they were going to. I'm on a text ring with some buddies. and they they're, crumbled. Oh, I'm like, Absolutely crumbled. Yeah. We're going to lose. All right. Let's get to some baseball here. The Seattle Mariners punched their first ticket to the postseason since 2001 on Friday night in style. 3-2 to Cal. The pitch from Acevedo. That call courtesy of Dave Sims on Root Sports. Buy or sell the Mariners breaking their playoff trout is the best story in baseball this season. I mean, the Braves did sweep the Mets this weekend. It's a little, it's a little bogus. Buy. <laughs> I will. Best story in baseball. I'll buy it. What the hell? Buy. I got caught up in the joy of Dave Sims. A great call. All right. You mentioned those Braves and Mets. Going into the three-game series, <laughs> the Braves on Friday, the Mets held a one-game lead on Atlanta in the National League East. Now at the conclusion of the series, <laughs> the Braves now hold 
a two-game lead on the Mets. That's right. Those Braves oh. swept them in the three-game series. Braves also along the way hit the 100 win total mark. Buyers of the Braves are the biggest threat to the Dodgers in the National League. <laughs> Bogus just turned off his screen for the first time ever, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, bye. Yes, I think the Braves bye. are the biggest threat to the Dodgers. Poor Diesel. Or poor, not Diesel, poor Bogus. He's very upset. He's pouting. He's not happy. It's brutal, dude. Can't even get a game. And this is not a safe space. I thought it was a safe space, at least from Sweet Willie. And nope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was wrong. It was mean. It's just my bitterness about the Bears. I apologize. All right. Let's squeeze in one last one here. Let's finish up with some hoops. The Miami Heat and reigning sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, have agreed to terms on a new four-year, $130 million deal. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell the Heat overpaid for 22-year-old Tyler Hero? Sell. I think this is the name of the game. I, I talked about this on Sell. CBS Sports HQ mm. yesterday. I actually talked to some folks in that organization. When the news came down, you draft a guy. He plays well. Six man of the year, as you noted. Good player. Has further to go. You have to get him locked under contract, and guys get paid a lot of money now. I think it's a really, really good move for the Heat, and you have to hope that he continues to evolve and develop. But they've got a great culture there, and I trust their internal ability to make do some analysis and figure out if he's the right guy. I think he is. Let's, um, fun buy or sell. Happy birthday to D-Cell. I want to talk more about apple picking. I don't know why. I just find it really interesting. I want to get into some, some good news, and I think it is good news. Tua Tungavailoa and, and the injury that, that he suffered looks like it'll result in some positive change. And I want to get into Lamar Jackson's role in that debacle for the Ravens. So all that's coming up after we get a CBS Sports radio update. From my friend, Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you, man. These two hours have absolutely flown by. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you on a pretty busy Monday. And remember, this season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, Holiday Triple Headers, and every postseason game, catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light for f- with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. D-Cell, are you in the zone? Are you in the zone right now, buddy? I'm always in the zone, Bill. You were in a good mood today. I, lo- I love that. Did you have a good weekend? I did have a good weekend. You know, we went apple picking with the little guy. It was his first time. We bought some pumpkins. Uh, I'm in a good mood. I love everything. Oh, you, oh you, the apple picking. You're a big fan of the apple picking. Yeah, and I, last year, I know it was a hot topic on the show when we went uh, pumpkin picking because we remember we put the little dude in the pumpkin. You did. You were not yeah. a big fan of that. We're not doing it this year. Uh, he's He's grown too much. He's too big. Is the apple picking more about the picking of the apples and the connection with nature and whatever weird vibe of happiness you get of uh, relieving a tree of its fruit? Or is it the actual love of Like you're a fan of the taste of apples. Uh, No, me and my wife both like apples. I don't think either one of us love apples. I think it's more about just saying that you went apple picking. I think it's a, a, a cool fall activity here in the Northeast. I don't think anybody actually loves to go apple picking you just like to say that you went now okay so it's not you guys are not at home you know with your strudel 
drinking apple cider, <laughs> eating it's more can't you just lie and just tell people you went apple picking without doing the chore? I would much prefer to lie and just tell people we went, okay. but my wife likes to take pictures, so it's more about the experience. Forgive me for asking on on national radio here. Are you lying right now? Did you actually go apple picking? No, no, we did. We did. We yeah. absolutely did. All right, so I, I got a little, like, good news, bad news, a little positivity, negativity to end the show on, on an NFL note here. Can, can I go positive first? Can we lean in? Can I do the apple picking of this segment and just get into the good stuff before we get what I'd like to call the worm of the segment? You know, that's not the way I usually go. I'm Mr. Negativity, but if you really want to start off positive, let's do it. So, look, I, we don't know the details of the new, I guess we can call it the new Tua Tonga Vailoa rule, but it does feel like good news whether you believe the NFL acted appropriately and it was some rogue doctor who, who allowed Tua Tonga Vailoa to play when he should not have, or like me, you think probably the NFL has not been committed enough to the safety of its players as it relates to concussion protocols, and we saw that with Tua. Either way, Good news that public pressure and the idea and the notion of Tua being taken off the field on, and thank goodness he seems to be okay, but taken off on a stretcher, taken to the hospital in his last game after a few days earlier on a shorter week being injured clearly with his head feels like progress that the National Football League released statements saying that they were on it. They were working with the Players Association. Diesel, I'm sure you saw this. Um, they have agreed, the Players Association and the NFL what they're calling new parameters. It will update the protocols that surround concussion rules and whether people can play or not. And the gist of it is that players who exhibit gross motor instability, the way that Tua did during that Week 3 game a couple games ago against the Bills, that will be enough regardless of anything else to sideline that athlete. And if that's true... That's that's a significant deal because the flip side of this, and I'm I'm well aware I'm well aware, is that had they simply taken Tua out of that game and shut him down, there would have been frustration and criticism, and certainly Dolphins fans who threw up their hands because their starting quarterback was not able to play and they're rolling their eyes. The, the other side of this thing, the other solution is to is to realize that a mistake has been made once it's too late. So for me, D Cell, it's a good step forward is obviously subject to both of these organizations, the NFLPA and the Players Association, and the NFL formally agreeing to this. But it seems like it's a step in the right direction to protect players from what we saw from Tua Tungavailoa. And, and to me, I'm not one to often give a lot of credit to the NFL in these situations. I think they move slowly. But I suppose movement here from the NFL in the right direction is better than nothing, even if it's late. I'm with you. I, I'm really hesitant to give credit to the NFL. This is a positive step. I just, Bill, how many times have we been down this road? When are we going to get to a point with head injuries in the National Football League where, where they just get followed to the protocol right the first time, every time? I'm 100% with you. And, and, and to those people, and I've heard it, and I've heard it from colleagues who cover the NFL, I get it. Who, who have made the case that the National Football League had an independent process in place and that that independent process and that doctor who's no longer a part of that deal for the, for the Dolphins were to blame, I'll just point out that if you go back to the rise of the issue of concussions and CTE, the NFL had been so far behind the science, had been so adversarial to the science as it, as it, sort of, as it came out, I don't think they get the benefit of the doubt. So, but, but the positive is it's good news. 
it's a step in the right direction. You don't want to see anybody, including someone like Tua Tungavailoa, young quarterback, trying to prove himself off to a great start in a better situation in Miami with a different head coach. You don't want to see an injury or a scary moment be what pushes these sorts of protocols where they need to go, but that's the way that it works. Hopefully he's okay, and this at least reduces the number of times we see guys like we did too in that Bills game, to me at least, clearly hit his head. They had said it was an ankle and a back injury, but he got up, he wobbled, he still played, then obviously in the next game a few days later on Thursday Night Football uh, had the injury where he, he went out. Speaking of the Bills, man, the Bills are the center of a lot of big stories. Here's the negative. Less serious topic, but serious if, if you're Baltimore. Uh, Buffalo, we hit this earlier in the show, they beat the Ravens. John Harbaugh makes what to me is a boneheaded decision, very Andy Reid-like from a couple weeks ago against the Colts. Kick the field goal, take the point, don't outthink yourself. But I want to focus just a little bit on the Lamar Jackson interception. And and I know it's going to sound a little counterintuitive because I think it was last week I was praising Lamar Jackson and look how well he's playing, look how good he's been. But I said, don't get carried away on proclaiming Lamar Jackson the winner in his negotiation with the Baltimore Ravens. Don't suddenly, because it's three games and it was three at the time, don't get caught up in this notion and this idea that Lamar made the right move in not taking the guaranteed money. And one of the things that was a part of that conversation briefly, and Disa, you may remember this, is my skepticism of Lamar Jackson in the postseason. And I think that my take was something along the lines of the guy is excellent in the regular season, we'll have to see in the playoffs. And that I know that week four of an NFL season is not a postseason game. I understand that. I recognize absolutely and completely that it does not make or break a season, regardless what happens for the most part, in a week four. But playing Buffalo in that situation, with each of those teams vying to be one of the better teams in the National Football League, had the feeling and the sensation of a playoff game. It There was a pressure to it. There was a magnitude to it. Each of those teams, three and one at the time, having a chance to get off to a really nice start on the season, or 2-1, and one, excuse me, Lamar Jackson's interception at the end, to me, highlights the ways in which he panics and underperforms in big games. Now, the sample size isn't huge here. Lamar Jackson hasn't played in 10 or 15 or 20 playoff games, hasn't had a consistent narrative like, I'm trying to think, like Kirk Kissing Cousins, where we really keep an eye on it. But remember that this is a guy, over the course of his short career, who was 1-3 in the postseason, whose completion percentage dropped significantly in those four playoff games from around completing two-thirds of his passes in his career to 55% of his passes. He's thrown more interceptions in his postseason career than he has thrown touchdown completions. And his teams have not been able to win the games for the most part that they have played, including that excellent season when he won the MVP and they were the best team in the National Football League up until that point. For me, D. Sound, I don't think you and I have had this conversation between the two of us. For me, that interception from Lamar Jackson where he throws the ball into the end zone, he's more or less on his back foot, he throws it into a pile of of defenders, the Bills pick it off, all he has to do is throw the ball out of bounds and at least pin Buffalo backwards with with still a chance to win that game and keep that game going. To me, it epitomizes my lack of trust in Lamar Jackson in big games. Now, I know there's there's two steps here, or three. You got to get a quarterback who's serviceable. He clears that hurdle. You want to have a quarterback who's excellent and can win for you in the regular season. 
and, and guys like Kirk Cousins, perfect example, are, are going to get paid and going to get opportunities to have jobs. But you also want a quarterback who is able to get to the next level and win in big moments. And for me, these are the perfect testing grounds for Lamar Jackson to figure out how not to panic, how not to underperform, how to make those decisions in the margins when there's a thin margin for error against a really good Buffalo team. And that interception and that loss for Baltimore, as much as Harbaugh, I think, bears a lot of the blame for not kicking the field goal, it is a huge, to me, warning sign that is blaring that whatever Lamar Jackson does in the regular season, I do not trust him decel in the playoffs. And that means I don't consider the Ravens a truly formable threat, not like you do some of these other AFC teams that look really good, whose quarterbacks I trust when that time rolls around. That interception yesterday felt so forced. And let me let me put it this way. Lamar Jackson is so freaking talented that I think he gets himself into trouble, whether it's forcing throws or trying to force a play with his feet. He thinks he can make every play, which you want your quarterback to be that confident. But I think that's where he gets himself into trouble. And come playoff time, when you make those turnovers in that biggest situation, that's where the trust factor comes in that you're talking about. He's talented enough to be that guy. I just think he forces it too often. I mean, look, I don't. this is an unfair comparison because he is talented, you're right. But another guy who I have watched who thinks he can make every single throw is Baker Mayfield, who will soon, I think, potentially, maybe be benched in Carolina and or get his, his coach fired. So I, I and, and, and I'll even go with a little bit of praise. Patrick Mahomes, too, when... He has had some moments, and his moments of struggle have been really limited and have been overhyped. I don't know if you saw this, but a bunch of Chiefs fans were, were all on Mahomes last week. Like a bunch of, look, I love you, Kansas City. My kids were born there. I live there. Like You have the best quarterback on, on the face of the earth. Part of that level of excellence is knowing your limitations and being able to apply them under pressure. Now, for Baker Mayfield, his limitations are are, are much more massive than Lamar Jackson's. I'm with you. Like I, I don't mind the confidence I don't mind the swagger, and I don't mind the imagination and the belief that you can do really difficult things in really difficult circumstances. That's part of what has made Mahomes and the Chiefs able, and this doesn't reflect the Bucks game yesterday because they got off to a hot start, but often the Chiefs start really slowly, play with their food, have to mount these comebacks, ask the Titans, ask a bunch of teams in the postseason otherwise that have watched the Chiefs storm back from 21-point-plus deficits. And yeah, like Mahomes' ability to see things other guys can't to believe he can execute offensively plays that other quarterbacks wouldn't dream of is a big part of that. But you also have to you have to be able to, when you're up, or in, or in this case with Lamar Jackson, when you're in a really close game, to be able to just say to yourself, to hell with it, it's a broken play, I can't do it, i got to throw the ball away. And you have to know, on fourth down, I think, where you are on the field, where the game is, that your defense is still out there. It just, I'm with you, I'm decent, I'm with you. I'm just selling, I'm not Lamar Jackson bum of the week nominee territory just yet, but it's a reminder to the degree which I just, I don't trust the guy, even though I think he's super talented. Is it weird me being the new parent? Is it weird that after that interception, I was more disappointed than angry? I just felt like, ah, I just felt like I expect more from him at this point. Like we've talked about it at nauseam, him, him making this gamble on himself. Like, I just feel like these are the moments we're going to point to to say, like, this is why there's some hesitation in giving you a fully guaranteed contract. You are uber-talented. But these IQ moments of where, like, 
we just we, we circle it with a red pen, like right here. This is what's holding you back. It, I mean, look for, for me, and I'm look, I was looking at the stats here in his career, and this is why he's worth a bunch of money, and someone will pay him. And I understand why he's holding out. I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't I wouldn't pay anyone. And the other thing is the Browns broke the model by giving Deshaun Watson the amount of money guaranteed that they did. And then you consider, obviously, the fact Deshaun Watson going to miss a big chunk of the season and the cloud hanging over him. I can see why owners are are, are frustrated. Lamar Jackson, 39-14 and 14 in his career, completes 65% of his passes, and has not quite, but pretty close, pretty close to a 3-to-1 touchdown interception ratio. 39-14, and 14, which is an incredible winning percentage, Drops to 1-3, and three, as I said in the postseason. 64-65% completion percentage drops to 55%. And 3-1 to one drops the other direction, more or less. It's almost 1-3 to three touchdowns to picks. Now, in the postseason, you're obviously playing better teams. You're obviously playing better defenses. I get all of those things. I just think a big part of the conversation, for me, and a big part of the narrative, at least for me, along with the fact that Harbaugh botched the play, and that you have to take the points. And then especially when you're playing a really good Buffalo team, you just got to understand that you can't always have seven. For me, a big part of it is this, this reminder, this voice in the back of my head that I, that I do not trust um, Lamar Jackson. And that doesn't mean he won't get there. doesn't mean he can't figure it out. But I don't trust Kirk Cousins. And he's never, ever been able to prove to me that he's capable of playing at that level in the games that matter. I know, I know Kirk Cousins plays really well in the course of the regular season. I don't trust Kyler Murray, unlike Kirk Cousins, like Lamar Jackson. I think there's time to see what he can do and what he can grow into in those kind of moments. But again, Kyler Murray, as an example, as a comparison, 8-1 and one in the regular season to start last year, and he and the team really fell off. And I'll go with an old-school name, just because I love my Bears and I hate my Bears. Man, by the way, Bears against the Giants, awesome. Awesome, Chicago. Jay Culler was a talented quarterback. He's a punchline now, and I've certainly made him a punchline on this show but that's a guy who was massively talented, and I didn't trust in those big moments and see the NFC Championship game many, many, many years ago where the Bears, at home if memory serves, weren't able to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And not only did that cost the Bears a chance at a Super Bowl, maybe as bad from a Bears perspective, not those of you listening in Milwaukee and beyond in Wisconsin, that is the year in the season Aaron Rodgers got his lone Super Bowl victory with the Green Bay Packers. So it's like I've seen these I've seen this story before in, in different forms with different guys, different quality of guys, different quality of athlete. Lamar Jackson seems to be a hell of a dude and he's a hell of an athlete. I just I worry about it in a very serious way. Um I've gotta go out east today. I'm going out east for some NBA glad handing and talking to some sources and some GMs and maybe a, maybe an MVP favorite D cell. If I interview him, if I get him, we'll talk about him on the show here uh, in a couple days. Sure. How far west does apple picking extend as a thing? Ooh, I don't think very far. Actually, no. like I don't think it's very popular. Like if I get if I get into central or western Jersey, even is that is it a thing that's happening? Yeah, yeah. Let's go with yeah. I think so. What about like Pennsylvania or I'm not good at at uh at the old geography. What about like Pennsylvania or West Virginia or kind of that sort of line north? North South, a lot I, of apple picking there. I think it probably ends in Pennsylvania. Once once you get to West Virginia, I don't think so. West West Virginia is where the apple picking. Well, that's because they're smart people. You, for everything you described, it's not even fun. You just say you want to do it. All right. Now you know what I love that you got your apple picking experience with your with your family, and I'm sorry that I that I made fun of it. I'm going to lean into apple picking. I don't know that you are. Have you ever I been am. apple picking? 
<laughs> no. My wife probably has. She lo- Bro, I don't even want to go to the grocery store anymore. <laughs> I definitely don't want to go <laughs> apple picking. No. I th- Did you guys bring home a big bag of apples? Uh, yeah, we got quite a few. Probably won't eat them all, so we'll probably end up throwing them away. I was going to say, what percentage of the apples will get thrown away? Uh, 70%? Yeah, my wife will probably make a pie that we'll have a little bit of and then okay. throw the rest away. Sounds awesome. Sounds like the absolute best. Uh, thank you to Cell for regaling us with tales of apple picking. Thank you to Andrew Bogish. Thank you to Steve Berline. Thank you for listening. This was a really quick two hours. We'll be back at it tomorrow. I'm Bill Ryder. The show is Ryder Than You. Thank you so much for hanging out this year on, on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.